Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. to turn to the 14th chapter in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 14, as we look at a true man of God. A true man of God. And just uh, by way of the distinction and specificity, fancy word there, a true man of God because uh, that's what John the Baptist was. Amen? And although we live in a world that uh, continues to sow confusion in the life or lives of boys and girls and families, and you name it, the Bible is very clear. God created them male and female. Amen? And both were created in God's image. Male and and female. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12, the life of John the Baptist, the man of God. So let's begin reading verse 1. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report about Jesus and said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him, and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had said to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude, 
because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Therefore he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. So she, having been prompted by her mother, said, give me, the, the, give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. And the king was very sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. So he sent and had John beheaded in prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. Then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, as we come before you today and as we study your holy word, we pray, dear Father, that you would be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit to the honor of the Lord Jesus and help us to see in the life and in the death of this true man of God, John the Baptist, an example for our lives today, an example of humility, an example of courage, an example of truth, an example of dedication and faithful witness, an example of righteousness. And we pray, dear Lord, that as we do study your word, that our hearts will be open and tender to your truth. That our own lives might be transformed and become more committed. And that we too, like John, will stand up for truth and proclaim it courageously. We pray for each person here today, and anyone who is without Jesus as Savior, we pray that today they will come to know him, to be embraced by his love, forgiveness, and to know the joy of coming to know the Savior. And for those who are listening, or who will listen by podcast or over the internet, any who are lost, we pray today they'll come to know Jesus as Savior. And for those who are struggling, we pray, Father, that you will give them strength and victory in their lives. Speak to us now, we ask, O Lord, in Jesus' name, to his honor and glory. Amen. Amen. Well, first of all, Herod. Now, when you're reading the Bible, unless you've done some historical uh, studying on uh, Herod, you can become confused because there are several different Herods, and they have several different positions. So this Herod is Herod Antipas. He was actually the youngest son of Herod the Great, because Herod was a family name. And a tetrarch was a particular position that meant he was ruler over a fourth of the kingdom. That is, a fourth of what his, his father's kingdom originally was, Herod the Great. Herod Antipas was not a king. It was a political position, but he, 
he ruled over a fourth of the area of, of Herod the Great. He had an older brother, Herod Philip, who was married to Herodias originally. originally. But Herod Antipas had uh, been attending some uh, celebration up in, uh, in uh, Italy, and uh, when he saw her, he fell in love with her. He was already married, so he divorced his wife and uh, then took her and uh, married Herodias. That's why John the Baptist said, it's not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife, because that was a violation of the law. But he didn't care. And so there's another Herod, another brother, Herod Agrippa. And you've heard that name too, right? <laughs> then there's Agrippa II. That's Agrippa I's son, you see. So several different Herods, because it was a family name. But they all had this reputation, this, this family reputation. They were very immoral and very cruel. Because Herod the Great was the one who was on the throne when the wise men came. Following the star, he was the one who said, go to, go to Bethlehem, kill every, every child two years and under. And he also had some of his other family members killed because they feared that they might you know, try to take the throne, basically. So they were a very nice bunch. They were the, they were the, uh, they were the mafia of their time, if you, if you will. So Herod, he hears this report about Jesus. Now this first point here is sinfulness results in delusional paranoia. Now that's one of the byproducts of, of sin. Kind of like those people who, who like to lie all the time. They have to, they, they lie and then they have to lie to, you know, to, to keep the lie going and then, then they have to keep on lying and then they forget which is right? <laughs> Yeah. Boy, that lesson we had this morning in Sunday school, it really, it, it, uh, it very quickly it went right straight to the politicians of the day. Well, that's what Herod was. You see, Herod was a politician. He was a ruler. He was a, a political ruler. And uh, oftentimes you'll hear people say, well, the Bible has nothing to do with politics. Wrong. That is not correct has everything to do with it. Oh, and if only the Lord would have his way in the lives of the politicians that, you know, that rule our country, and not just our country, but other countries. Well, Herod heard this report about Jesus. And you see, he thought that John the Baptist had come back from the dead. And so in, in the timing here, in the way that this is described, Matthew, as he's writing, he sheds light on that. You see, the death of John the Baptist had already occurred. And so when, when uh, he hears of all these wonderful things that are occurring through the life of the Lord Jesus, he immediately thinks, out of guilt and out of fear, John the Baptist has come back from the dead. And then he goes on, he says, this is John the Baptist. He's, he, he's risen from the dead. So he obviously, uh, he obviously believed in the, the, the doctrine of the Pharisees because the, the Pharisees taught the resurrection. 
It was the Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection. See, there were religious various groups in that period of time. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in, in angels. They didn't believe in miracles. All that kind of stuff. They just they didn't believe in, them, in the miraculous. But the Pharisees did. So he says, John the Baptist is, is risen from the dead. Now he was probably afraid that he was going to have to hear that message again. <laughs> it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore, he says, these powers are, are at work in him. Now notice, John the Baptist had a reputation, didn't he? Jesus had a reputation. And we all have a reputation. The question is, what kind of reputation do we have? Because John the Baptist's reputation was that he was a man of God. A man of God who spoke and preached the truth. Now, Herod, we do a little contrast here. Herod was characterized by fears. He feared John the Baptist. He feared the people. He feared his friends, as we'll see here in a little bit. And he also feared his wife, who really lawfully wasn't his wife. So his life was characterized by fear. You look at John the Baptist, he was courageous. He feared God. A great example for us to follow. But moving on. So John the Baptist. Oh, there's so much in the scripture concerning John the Baptist. He's the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one prophesied throughout the Old Testament as, as coming and proclaiming. He's the forerunner of Christ. The one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. Jesus said of John the Baptist, of men born among women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. And he said that he was more than a prophet. He preached and he spoke the truth. He was a man of courage, humility, holiness, zeal, honor. One who gave testimony. And he had a ministry that produced results. Because the Bible says that they came from all around to be baptized of John in the Jordan. And isn't that something? Even the Lord Jesus came to be baptized by John the Baptist. And you'll recall, when John saw the Lord Jesus coming, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And when Jesus presented himself to be baptized by John, you'll recall what John said, You come to me? I need to be baptized by you. I'm not, I'm not worthy to, to untie your shoe, let alone to baptize you. He was a man filled with courage, but he was also a man of humility. And God's people are to be courageous.
courageous people, people of, of faith, people with a spine, not spineless, but also humble and loving and kind and compassionate. That's what John the Baptist was. One writer, uh, Herbert Lockyer, in his, in his book, All the Men of the Bible, says, he was a man accustomed to self-denial and solitude, living in the desert and eating what God provided, locusts and wild honey. Now, I love honey. <laughs> I've never had a locust. <laughs> I, I would prefer a juicy, you know, cheeseburger. But, uh, but John ate, ate locusts. His parents were of a priestly descent, and his mother, Elizabeth, was related to Mary. John the Baptist was actually Jesus' cousin. But of course, all of the Jewish people are related to each other. Isn't that right? <laughs> yes. They're all related. Because they're the offspring of Abraham. And then of Isaac. And of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And he had 12 sons. So the, the 12 tribes of Israel. But John also was one who heard God's voice. He heard it in solitude as well as from the scriptures. And he preached and he spoke the truth. And he was arrested for calling out sin. He was arrested because he dared to call out sin in the life of a politician. And there are people who think that we shouldn't do that. No, that is not correct. Just as John the Baptist called out Herod, we too have the right to call out. Because we are to proclaim God's truth. When we see something that is wrong, we are to recognize it, acknowledge it, and then point in the right direction. Sadly, in our country, and we mentioned this in Sunday school, it's, it's very disturbing, having been a principal in the public school system and having worked with, with teachers. Now, teachers generally, and I shared this with Ms. Brenda, who is, who is a teacher, teachers often get a very bad rap. And Ms. Chris can tell you she's a retired principal herself. The educational system often gets a bad rap, but I tell you what, if you want to see some miracle workers, you, you go and watch some kindergarten teachers. Okay? <laughs> they, have, you know, they have a classroom full of, of uh, well, I shouldn't use the term rug rats, right? But, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> what people don't realize is that some parents, some parents neglect to prepare their children for school. And these little kindergartners come in and they don't even know how to use the restroom. And they mess in their pants and, and everything else that they do. And those kindergarten teachers just love them and teach them and take care of them. Oh my goodness. 
And by the end of the year, they have those boys and girls reading and writing, lining up in a straight line, following directions, you name it. Miracle workers, miracle workers. But the point I wanted to make was that across our country, they have now introduced in many states and in many school districts books that say that homosexuality and lesbianism and transgenderism and all this other stuff is normal. No, it's not. That is abnormal. That is sinful and it is wrong. And it has nothing to do with being compassionate. Parents are supposed to teach their children. And when their children misbehave, parents are supposed to discipline their children. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that if a parent does not discipline the child, the parent does not love the child. But in fact, doesn't care for the child and is shirking their responsibility as a parent. And we as Christians bear responsibility to differentiate between what is right and what is wrong, what is wholesome and what is wicked. And we're to do it courageously. We're not to be obnoxious, but we are to stand up for what is right. We are to proclaim truth. And sadly, when the parents attend school board meetings now and stand up for what is right and disagree, they're now being labeled as domestic terrorists. There is a movement in America to undermine the family, the strength of the nation, if you will, and the blessing of the nation comes from the Lord. But the nation is made up of individual families and individuals. However, no one individual's right supersedes the right of the nation. And there are some people that have that mixed up. It's right in the Constitution. The right of one does not supersede the right of the group. You've been misled to believe that it does. It does not. But every individual citizen has the right to voice his or her opinion. However, the Bible teaches which of those opinions are right and honoring to God. And the founding, the founding leaders of our country also understood it. That's why they made all of those laws. But the liberal and the unbeliever has manipulated the law to change laws. And it's happened over the course of the last two centuries. But it is becoming rapidly wicked here in the last decade. And especially in these last two years, it has, my goodness. And we see it happening all over all over the country. I wonder, are they going to outlaw hammers? <laughs> and I, I don't mean that as I don't mean that as a joke. 
Are they going to outlaw hammers? You see, you probably didn't know that more than guns, more people are beaten and battered with bats and clubs and hammers than they are with guns. That is injured or killed. Because it's not popular to say that. Why? Because it doesn't fit into the agenda. You understand? Oh, but when it comes home to roost, oh, then all of a sudden, everybody hears of it. What about the woman who's beaten by her husband with a, with a bat or with a hammer? Or vice versa, the man who's beaten by his wife. One of my classes in, in school, the sociology of death and dying, we had to go and, and visit the, the, uh, the mortuaries, etc. And um, we were looking at these, these reports, and this man had been killed by his wife. She had smashed his head in with one of those old uh, uh, cast iron frying pans. Mercy me. She bludgeoned him to death with this frying pan. I guess she had gotten tired of cooking his meals. You know. <laughs> but the point here is, as Christians, we are to stand up for what is right. And violence is not the answer. Violence is not the answer. But if God's people don't stand up or don't speak up for what is right, guess what will happen? What's going on today? Because the church has become too quiet and too compliant. So Herod desired to kill and silence John. That's what he wanted. He wanted to silence John, and people want to silence us. Dan, uh, Brother Dan Delzapo back there was telling me about an email. I haven't read it yet. But I guess someplace here in the country, a uh, Christian was, was, I guess, witnessing or sharing his Bible, and a group of, of liberals came upon him and took his Bible and ripped it all up. That's happening across the country. Now, Herod, he, he didn't want to hear it. But he was afraid because the people recognized John as a prophet. John the Baptist was a prophet called by God, acknowledged by the people, and feared by the leaders. And why is it that the leaders fear the prophets or God's people? And why is it that the, 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 the left always strikes out violently against the right? And the Bible makes it very clear. As a matter of fact, you find left and right in the scriptures. I don't know if you knew that or not. Especially in the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs. Well, moving on. Her Herod celebrates his birthday. You know, they all like to have these great big parties, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what. If you ever run for office, one of the things that you will discover is that they love to have parties and dinners and functions. 
And I mean, they'll do these things every week or several times within a week. And they expect you to be there. They expect you to be there because, see, you're networking. You're raising funds all the time, making connections, developing a network, shaking hands with all those who are wealthy so that they can contribute to your campaign. And you better believe it. They grease the wheels of, of government. Yeah. Now Herod was having a birthday party, celebrating. His friends were in attendance, the nobles, the officials, and the leaders. And you can read that over in Mark. I put the, the verse there for you, the, the passage, where it says, it, it, it specifically states, the nobles, the officials, and it says, chief men, leaders. In other words, wasn't the poor people, okay? They were all having a good time, all the politicians telling each other lies, etc., slapping each other on the back, drinking, eating, having a great time, and then what happens? Salome, or Salome, however you want to pronounce it. Now she's just a young little teenager. See, Herod the Tetrarch is her uncle. Because Herod Philip is her father, the real husband of Herodias, her mother. But, so she dances for her uncle on his birthday. And it pleases him. Now, in the, in the language, you can you can deduce that she was dancing in an erotic fashion. And so much so that she, she pleased Herod. So what does he do? He makes a simple and extravagant overstatement that results in the death of John the Baptist. Because Herodias, Salome's mother, hated John. And why did she hate him? Why did she hate him? She hated him because he spoke the truth. He preached the truth, and he called sin what sin really is. You know, Christians, just like unbelievers, we all like it when things are real positive and nice and kind and sweet and non-judgmental. We all like that. And we feel uncomfortable with a judgmental message. We feel uncomfortable with it. And yet, we need to actually hear more of those messages. We need to be reminded of what's not right in our lives so that we can get right. But, she was filled with ruthless hatred. Can you imagine? Now, consider this. People get upset because a, a bunch of young boys want to pray before their football game. And they pray like this. They, they pray, Lord, Help us to be good sportsmen. We pray that none of us, nor anyone on the opposing team, gets hurt. We pray that, that we'll do our best and pray, play fair. 
And people want to go all the way to the Supreme Court because those boys want to pray. There was a time when prayer was common in school. Now, you may be surprised, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, that here in Sin City, you know, Sin City, Las Vegas, Clark County, and Clark County is huge, extends all the way to, to Mesquite and down to Laughlin, Mount Charleston, etc. But every day in Clark County, in the public schools, it is supposed to begin with prayer, silent meditation, or positive reflection. Every child is supposed to be given that opportunity and the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, many of, the, many of the principles, because they're unbelievers, they just call it a time of silence. But boy, we took full advantage of that. You see, because it said they had to be given a minimum, right? Well, of course, I didn't mind stretching that, you know. And so we would have a great big assembly at the beginning of the day on the, on the playground, and all the kids were out there, and what was really nice was the parents used to come. And so, and the kids would lead this. So we had the, the older kids, the fifth graders, they would serve as leaders. And, and they would lead it. And they'd have the news reports, you know, the um, um, current events, et cetera, et cetera. But we would say the pledge. We would sing a patriotic song. We had the flags out there, you know, waving. And then we would have a time for prayer, Silent meditation and positive reflection. And then, when that was over, the music would play, and it was always patriotic music, and then the kids would walk and file into the classroom to music play. And so the whole neighborhood would hear that. Fabulous. Fabulous. And the Lord blessed the school. The Lord blessed the school. And the Lord desires to bless his people. Well, what do we learn from, from these passages here? Sin hardens human hearts and often, often resulting in blind hatred and rage. You see that, don't you, today? You see a tremendous amount of rage in our country. Because that is what sin produces. It's also an unwillingness to acknowledge the truth reveals a sinful heart. They find it offensive. They find the Bible offensive. You mentioned to someone about God's love and the fact that he sent his son to die upon the cross and that without him they're lost. They find that offensive. What makes you think that your religion is the best one? What makes you think that, that your Bible is the right one? I'm sure you've heard people say that. John the Baptist was true. He was a true, faithful man of God. He gave his life for his Lord, and we're called to be faithful and true to our Lord. You have that opportunity every day every day to be a witness of the truth. 
His righteous reputation lives on as an example for us to follow. His witness, his dedication. And we talked about this in Sunday school. Sadly, our country, and especially the preachers on TV, not all of them, but many of them, and the focus of our country is comfort, pleasure, possessions, security in money, ease. Oh, I could, I could never do that. Oh, I could, I could never tell so-and-so. Oh, I could never do this and do that, etc., etc., etc. They took John the Baptist's head off of his body. Everyone, except for the Apostle John, of the original apostles. Judas hanged himself. The others were all martyred, murdered. Even the Apostle Paul. We, we read the epistles of, of the Apostle Paul. He was beheaded like John. That was the life that they were called to. But John, the beloved apostle, and of course all of them are beloved, but the one who wrote the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and the book of Revelation, he was allowed to live into a ripe old age. But he was persecuted over and over again. And when you stand up for right, when you stand up and speak the truth, guess what? People become uncomfortable. They really do. They become uncomfortable. And here's something else. If you, as a Christian, become uncomfortable, you better take a look at your heart. If you are not able, as a Christian, to differentiate between right and wrong, especially if you've got a, an election coming up, and if you can't differentiate between which candidate actually stands for that which is right and pleasing to God and that which is not, there's something wrong with your Christianity. There is something wrong with your Christianity. There's something wrong with your heart. Notice, an unwillingness to acknowledge the truth reveals a sinful heart. Never should it ever be said that a Christian voted in someone who is a pro-abortion candidate. Whatever party they belong to. You are putting your hand in hand with the person who is promoting murder of the innocents. And the Bible teaches they will not go unpunished. And it comes, that, that judgment and those consequences come in so many different ways. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Now, all of us here are sinners. Sinners. But do you go around promoting your sin? You understand what I'm saying? Do you go around promoting your sin and telling others that they should be involved in that sin too? 
because that's what many of these politicians are doing. This idea of promoting transgenderism, that is sinful. That is wrong, that is wicked, and it is evil. It's demonic. And anyone who stands up and, and wants to run for office and has that position, that person has no right to that position. Oh, if you went back and studied the documents in the history of our country, I believe it was the first Supreme Court justice, um, I forget the name, but you can look it up. Who was it? John Jay. John Jay, yes, thank you. He said that as a Christian nation, we should elect people who are, in fact, Christian. And hold to the truth contained in God's word. You see, they, they want you to believe today, oh, that that's not true. But when you go back and actually study those documents, what do you find? Yes, you find that it is, in fact, true. And we mentioned in Sunday school this morning, our educational system was established by Jewish and Christian people so long ago in the founding of our country. And guess what the, the main textbook was originally? Right here, the Bible. The Bible. Well. People are watching us. Are we serving as positive examples to follow, like John? Are we proclaiming the truth or what is popular today? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I can hear my Savior calling. Where he leads me, I will follow. I can hear my Savior calling. Where he leads me, I will follow. That's his invitation to you today. Let's stand, please, as we see. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.